Keep up with the new. Keep up with the important. Keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day, stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current. It's Nadia here. Welcome to an all-new episode of Keeping Up With The Current on 2MFM Radio via 92.1 FM on the live streaming platform 2MFM.org or via our 2MFM radio app on iOS and Android devices. It's great to be back with you. Lovely to have your company. Let's get into it. What's happening on the show today? Well, this month is National Burns Awareness Month, an Australian-wide campaign run by Kids Safe New South Wales to raise awareness around burn prevention during the colder winter months. And joining us for that will be Kids Safe Executive Director Christine Erskine, who will not only direct us to what should be done when a child gets a burn, but more importantly, the best way to prevent one from happening in the first place. When the temperature drops, the number of burns treated at both the Children's Hospital at Westmead and Sydney Children's Hospital Randwick rises. Burns can happen in an instant and they can have serious lifelong impacts, which is why the entire month of June is dedicated to driving greater awareness amongst the Australian community of burns prevention and the correct first aid treatment for burns. KidSafe New South Wales has been active for many years disseminating those important messages to help with the prevention of burn injuries. Joining us up next on Keeping Up With The Current is the Executive Director of KidSafe New South Wales, Christine Erskine, to talk to us about burn prevention and the correct way of treating burns and skulls. <laughs> 
قد سباني فتذكرت اجتماعا فشجاني ما شجاني لمع البرق اليماني عن حبيب قد سباني فتذكرت اجتماعا فشجاني ما شجاني مشتاق بصدر اللهم من نار الجوع عجب مشتاق بصدر اللهم من نار الجوع عجب دمعي على خد سكب اشكوه يامي دمعي على خد سكب اشكوه يامي دمع البرق اليماني عن حبيب قد سباني فتذكرت اجتماعا فشجاني ما شجاني دمع البرق اليماني عن حبيب قد سباني فتذكرت اجتماعا فشجاني ما شجاني Soothe my aching soul And see the green Beautiful dome And visit the best man of all Bye. 
With winter being here, we tend to spend increased time indoors during these cooler months, which naturally exposes us to greater risks of burns and scalds as we find ways of keeping warm. National Burns Awareness Month is an initiative of KidSafe, Australia's leading community organisation dedicated to child injury prevention and held in June each year as there is a significantly increased risk of burns during winter. And joining us today is Christine Erskine, Executive Officer of Kids Safe New South Wales, who is a spokesperson for the campaign. Thanks so much for joining us today, Christine. So good to have you on the show. Thank you, Nadia. It's a pleasure. Well, firstly, what is the long-term vision of KidSafe? I know you guys don't work in the burns treatment space, but you work more specifically in the prevention space. Why is the prevention of burns a particular focus of KidSafe? Well, because a burn um, to a child can have long-term impacts on both the child and the family. That injury can require a lot of treatment over a long period of time, in fact, many years. And so we, we like to work with families and communities to try and prevent those injuries happening. That way, you know, the children and the families um, don't have that impact of that severe injury mm. over a period of time. And for those who may not be aware, really, how common are childhood burns? They are quite common and they, they can be, you know, thousands of children actually attend emergency departments or their doctor because of a burn and it's particularly the children uh, under two that are most at risk because as, as you know they are just so excited they, mm. they are into everything they're exploring they're learning and if we don't have a home environment that is focused on preventing accidents then they can uh, have one of those injuries so it's particularly for those little ones that we want to alert people mm. so in terms of the serious burn injuries and the hospital admissions uh, it's that age group that don't really have a concept of danger and inquisitive in nature which is why parents need to be more conscious of burn prevention do these numbers remain relatively consistent from year to year the number of admissions to hospital departments Yes, they have. Um, so even though we have an increased population, those numbers are going up as well. Um, so it is something we need to keep an eye on. And it's particularly an issue around winter, as you've said, mm. um, just because, you know, we have heaters, uh, we have, you know, lots of interesting things cooking on the hot stoves. Um, there's sometimes people have, you know, fires or, um, you know, fire pits. So there's just a little bit more heat around, which Mm. means that we have to actually try and keep an eye more so on children because they will certainly find something that's so interesting, like a flame or something that's hot. Exactly. Uh, Christine, we know that a home is a common location for a child to be burnt, but which part of the home specifically has the most danger for kids where the majority of those serious burn injuries occur? Well, I mean, you don't want to frighten people by saying that home is a dangerous place. And it's not that home is a dangerous place. It's just that, you know, you have children around, particularly at mealtimes and um, in living rooms. And it's certainly the kitchen is the main source of injury mm. or, or where they might get burned to school, followed by a living room uh, where there might be heaters or something like that. And then there's also bathrooms where they might actually get into hot water, literally. Mm. I guess the kitchen is a bit of a no-brainer. It's where the cooking is happening. It's where the hot water is, where the stove is. So children being in that environment does increase the risk of burn injuries. And as we said, because it's winter and most of us have heaters running in the living room, 
children are very inclined to touch those heaters because, like we said, they don't have a concept of danger. That's right. And, I mean, I'm the first to admit that, you know, cooking in the evenings can be chaos. Yep. You know, everybody wants to be fed. Everybody wants to be helped, uh, you know, helped. Uh, there's lots of deadlines, people coming and going. So it is it is really hard to keep an eye on absolutely everything mm. as well as, you know, prevention. Um, so it's it's good to try and manage the situation. It's almost like you have to project manage your kitchen sometimes. <laughs> That's um, right. So, you know, and it's, it's being a parent and, you know, it's a hard, it's a career. I mean, it, it's hard. Exactly. And so there's all these sorts of things you have to keep an eye on. Mm. Now, in kitchens, it's pre- predominantly... Um, touching hot saucepans or touching hot stoves mm. and then the other the worst thing is where they might tip hot liquids Ooh. and that could be either from a cup of tea or a bowl of soup or you know a hot oil or something like that so it does sound really scary but they're the types of injuries that particularly small children suffer mm. so in terms of the food it's mainly I guess the instant type food, so your two-minute noodles and even microwave food because they tend to heat inconsistently if it's not mixed well and tested. So that's another way in which children can be burnt. Now, we do know that in winter, uh, contact burns are really common, as we said. So things like heaters, barbecues, appliances, those types of injuries are more prevalent in the winter months. How can we restrict access to those hazardous environments? We mentioned briefly about the kitchen. can be quite a bit of a chaotic place and uh, the best advice would be to ensure that children are not inside the kitchen while you're cooking so how can we restrict access to those hazardous environments and even heaters is there a way of uh, preventing children from getting close to heaters sure things like you know type of baby gate and there's a whole lot of types of baby gates on the market where you can um, either enclose the child so they play inside a little um, uh, enclosed area, or you can have um, movable gates so that you can put them uh, around the kitchen. Most of us now have um, open kitchens, so mm. they're really great bike tracks, you know, that children will be riding around or crawling around the kitchen. And it can be hard sometimes to block those areas off. Mm. But it is important, really, when they're little, to try and be a bit creative to stop them accessing those areas. When they get older, of course, you know, it's not so much of an issue, but uh, you find that as a parent or a grandparent, you're changing every few months, really, the way you manage a situation. So while they're really small and they're using their little bikes or they're crawling, you know, try and invent a way to actually keep them out of that area. Mm, Maybe maybe you put them in a, you know, a baby pen or something like that, or you give them some, you know, that's when you feed them, (laughs) give Mm. them something to nibble on so that they are occupied. Uh, away from where yeah and one of the worst things is when you're in the kitchen same as when you're in the shower or the bathroom they come between your legs exactly that's a scary part if you're holding something really hot they are most likely going to bump into you you know the liquid the hot steamy liquid is going to fall onto them and that's one way of causing a serious scalding accident unfortunately Yes, you're right, Nadia. Um, you mentioned about heaters and things and appliances. Mm. Where possible, it's good to have them up high. Mm. So if you have you know, heaters attached to the wall, um, appliances way out of reach so they can't grab those cords, having PowerPoint covers um, covered up uh, or, or um, blocked so that children can't get to them because um, 
it's their, their very delicate skin that touches something like that, that's where you get those contact burns. Mm. So, you know, older skin, of course, you know, you move away quickly and it, it doesn't ha- have such an Im- impact. But, you know, new, gentle, little, soft little skin certainly, you know, does suffer if they do contact very hot surfaces. Yeah, and even things like hair straighteners, they can reach temperatures of well over 200 degrees Celsius. So people tend to have those hair straighteners lying around. They've used it, turned it off, thinking it's safe without having a second thought about the duration it actually takes for it to fully cool down after it's been turned off at the switch. So it could be minutes before it is safe to touch. So someone might assume that it's safe, they put it down and then the child grabs it because as we said, they're very curious, they want to touch everything, they touch it and unfortunately they get burnt. You're absolutely right, Nadia. And interestingly, it might be other members of the family that are not quite so conscious of prevention. Mm. So it can be the teenagers, you know. They're in such a hurry to get on with their social life, and that could be boys or girls using these um, hair straighteners or dryers. They're in a hurry. And so they're not necessarily conscious of little people in the household. And so it's almost like training everybody in the household to put these things out of the way so that little fingers... You know, again, Mm. as you said, are very interested and they want to do the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, What about the less commonly known ones, like contact burns from treadmills, for example? Is there a way of a child getting burned from a treadmill? Yes. uh, And that's, you know, there's some injuries that are more modern-day injuries Mm. or, or injuries in cities that you didn't used to have. Um, you know, in our parents or grandparents' day. So things like treadmills, they do get uh, burnt on that rubber. Mm. Um, And there are laws in place now for the treadmills to actually have um, switches and protective devices on there. Um, I think the important thing is anything that's um, designed for an adult should be kept away from children and should be in separate rooms or, you know, it's not something that children play on. Um, another type of modern injury I think that people might not be aware of is the burns that result from batteries. Mm. And again, you know, you've got heaters and things, um, power power cords, power batteries, even you know, vacuum cleaners or hearing aids. And if they've got those little button batteries in them, um, again, it's the under twos that chew on these things or investigate and pull them apart. If they swallow a button battery, then there's a very severe Ooh. burn that can result. Uh, But, you know, it didn't used to happen, but it does happen now. That's right. And a lot of people are not aware of the different types of burns that can essentially occur. So things like electrical burns, chemical burns, um, we've got the naked flame ones, we've got, you know, different types of burns that can occur. We understand that there are different possibilities that can occur, especially with the different types of electrical appliances, the modern ones that we have nowadays. And that is why toddlers and children are most at risk. They're explorative in their nature. And and as we said, they have no sense of danger at all. So we should really be drawing our focus on the prevention by implementing the right course of action. And, you know, we mentioned all these different types of prevention methods, but I guess the best one is supervision, making sure that you're always supervising your children. Christine, what about in the case of when you're running the bath? What should the delivery temperature be that comes out of the tap into the bath? If it exceeds what temperature would it be deemed unsafe for a child to bathe in? Uh, if it exceeds 50 degrees centigrade. So um, 
all houses are required to have temperature regulation, regula- regulatory switches, mm. uh, devices in the bathroom. So it shouldn't be very, very hot. Um, but even if it is, you know, 50 degrees, which is required for, you know, to kill off bacteria and things like that, um, if you turn the hot tap on first, it's still going to be way too hot mm. for children's skin. So it's um, before children, you know, you used to put the hot tap on and then you'd cool it down. After children, you need to put the cold tap on first and then turn the hot tap on so that you gradually Mm. get uh, a warming water flow. You don't get that really hot water because, as we said before, they'll surprise you and they'll duck into the shower or the bath. And if they get to that hot water first, then that's where the damage can happen. Mm. So is it true that water at 60 degrees Celsius takes one second to cause a third degree scald to a child's skin absolutely it does yes because they'll put their hands there they don't react as quickly as we do and it's the hands the little hands or feet you know they just that hot water penetrates very quickly Mm. so obviously anything above 60 degrees celsius is just an instant third degree scald we know water boils at 100 degrees celsius yeah i was badly injured in a scalding accident involving hot tea that freshly yeah. came off the stove when I was about seven years of age. I suffered severe burns on my thigh. It wasn't pretty. And that memory vividly lives in my mind. And I think for any child, regardless of the age, most likely after five years of age, that child is going to remember that accident. So it's not something that people should take lightly. You know, it's one of the most painful injuries that one can sustain, let alone a child. Yes, absolutely right. And th- something as innocent as a cup of tea, everybody, it's a social thing having a cup of tea. Mm. You know, you all sit together, you chat, um, but there are implications if, if that tea spills. So, again, it's like having a cup with the lid on it or mm. you don't actually have the tea around. But it, as a seven-year-old, I'm, you know, I'm guessing you wanted to be part of the action. You know, you mm. wanted to be socially involved that's why you had a cup of tea but exactly um, it, yeah and that's quite normal but uh, i guess it's maybe putting you know cool water in or or milk in mm. um so that it's it is definitely below that you know 50 degrees you know so it, it the risk is greatly reduced exactly and i know someone who copped the same thing but with coffee and it's Lebanese coffee, mm-hmm. so there was sugar inside the coffee as well. And the um, damage is still evident now on their hand. So, you know, I think with coffee, Lebanese coffee precisely, with sugar, it's more extensive, the damage, than with hot tea. Yes, and it can be a bit sticky too. So exactly. That's right. And that's why, you know, a lot of people aren't aware that hot food and drinks are the leading cause of burns and scalds. So, you know, the unthinkable can happen and your child can receive a burn immediately. It can happen in an instant. So in a blink of an eye, this Mm. can happen. So, Christine, first aid, particularly with children, is a key message of National Burns Awareness Month that Kids Safe really is focusing to get across. What should parents or carers do if a child does sustain a burn? What is the best course of action? The best course of action is cool running water for as long as you can, you know, 20 minutes if you can. You know, once upon a time we were told, uh, you know, as children or our mothers, our grandparents, our fathers, doctors even, you know, put butter on it or put Mm. oil on or put cream on put ice on but what that does is actually 
captures the heat in the skin. Oh, my God. So, you know, and of course, we didn't know that. That's what we were told before. And certainly, you know, uh, my mm. parents were told that. But the, what they've now worked out is, in fact, no oil, no cream, no butter, no toothpaste, no ice, just cool running water. Now, it's important that if uh, after a period of time that burn, you know, grows to more than 20, um, a 20 cent piece or it's very red, very deep, very painful. Mm. Um, sometimes burns aren't painful, though, if they're very deep. But anything that, if it looks like it's getting worse within the, you know, those 15, 20 minutes, then, you know, certainly get straight to um, to your doctor or to the emergency department um, mm. so that that burn can be attended to very quickly. That's how so, you know if uh, you need to seek medical attention. Yeah. Mm. If there's clothing or something and it's stuck, uh, don't rip it off. You know, again, just keep the cool going. Uh, wrap it in glad wrap or, or a cool bandage. Um, to get to the doctors or the hospital. Um, but it's it re- really important to go by your gut feeling, I think. If it doesn't, if something doesn't look right and it's getting worse and the cool water isn't easing things, then go by your how you feel and get, mm. to, get medical attention quickly. And I heard if it's bigger than a 20-cent coin, mm. you should seek medical attention. So if it's a huge yeah. surface yeah. area, then you definitely should seek medical attention. Uh, how would a person be able to determine if it's second degree, third degree, fourth degree? How would a person determine uh, the severity? I think I would always err on the side of caution. So certainly the face, the hands, if, it's, um, if they spill it in their lap, um, really... You know, anything that's uh, bigger than 20 cents, you can't really tell how deep that's gone. Mm. But if, it, if it's big, um, then I would always recommend erring on the side of caution and getting medical attention because then they can determine uh, what the problem is. Because uh, uh, sometimes if it's a really deep burn, mm. which means it starts to burn, you know, nerve endings and things, the child will not appear as distressed. Yeah, as a bit exactly. Of so, so you never can quite tell how far or how deep that's gone. So, you know, always I think cool running water and then decide maybe it's too risky. I'll, I'll get the child checked now. Mm, especially if the child is, you know, a baby or a newborn. I mean, that's when you yeah. definitely need to maybe rush that baby, depending on the severity, as we said, of the burn. Sometimes it is manageable with cool running water. So we said ideally yeah. they shouldn't put anything else on that burn. Uh, we mentioned there are certainly a lot of old wives' tales out there, things like butter we should totally avoid and because they make the burn worse. Yeah. Why is that 20 minutes important and not 10 or 15 minutes? Some people might argue that it might be very difficult to keep a child there for 20 minutes. Yes, and certainly you, you try and keep them there as long as you can. Mm. Um, and if you can't, if after 10 minutes or so, you need to go and take them to uh, a doctor or nurse, then uh, you, you would just gently wrap it in a cool... Um, a, a, a moist uh, piece of cloth. So certainly, you know, if you don't want to wait 20 minutes then you and you need to move uh, mm. and get them treated, then just make sure you have, you know, access to damp cloths that are loosely put around that. Because, yeah, a small child won't sit still for that long. Um, but if it's not too bad a burn, then it, that length of time can certainly cool that skin down a lot. And that's what mm. health professionals tell us.
So yeah. the point is to minimise the effect of the burn because even after you've sort of removed them from that environment, the skin is still sort of, it's penetrating the skin, uh, the effect of the burn. So there's still action happening even if you've removed that child from that harmful environment. So that's that's the whole point, to sort of minimise the effect of the burn. Exactly, yes. And you mentioned the other important first aid advice that parents and carers should be aware of and keep top of mind when they're treating a burn. Can a person, I guess, put a topical ointment that's designated for burns from the pharmacy, of course? Yeah, I would. it's always best to check with the pharmacist or check with the doctor or the nurse that you're seeing before you put anything on. So once it's been initially treated and it's been looked at, then you know the health professionals might decide that something else is required to um, assist in healing or assist in minimising infection. But I think that's up to them to give you advice on mm. what happens next. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's the next sort of phase after you've had it treated and determined uh, what's happened. Now, you mentioned different types of burns, like electricity mm. and flames and chemicals. That also is important to make sure you inform the health professional, um, the doctor or nurse, that where this burn happened, because that also affects the treatment and the type of first aid that's required. Mm. Sometimes, you know, in the household, it might be handy to have somebody um, done first aid, if, you, if you've got lots of children, uh, but certainly having a first aid kit is helpful too. So that means you've got those sort of link-free bandages you might be able to wrap mm. around the burn. Um, so, you know, ha- also being prepared helps if you can. Absolutely. Preparation is key. Education is key. It's all about being informed and I guess being prepared for these unexpected situations because they happen in a blink of an eye unexpectedly very quickly. So it's important to be very switched on and preparing yourself in advance is a key way of, I guess, preventing further damage. Because as we know, good first aid after a burn can make a huge difference in recovery time and severity of scarring. So especially as we said, if it's on the face, it can have a detrimental impact on that child's future. You know, in, yeah. in terms of their mental health, psychological health, not just their physical health. I mean, they might be cured from the the burn in terms of the pain, but the psychological impact of that is very long lasting. So, it's really important that parents are very very aware. Now, do you think there is an overwhelming number of children that aren't receiving the correct first aid treatment? Well, that that what the reason for having a campaign like this is because. That has been the case, and it's not the fault of the parents. It's because advice has changed now. Mm. So you know, as a parent and a grandparent carer, you you always try to do the best thing, and you would have been told certain things, um, and that's when they discovered that in fact those recommendations made the burn worse. So um, I think, as you say, education and preparation, supervision is what we're doing now as part of this. And if you could talk to your friends and your family and grandparents then we will improve the situation and the impact of those burns and scalds will be minimised.
mm. which is a really good thing for the community. Exactly. And it is quite unfortunate that there are quite a number of people who do not know how to correctly treat a burn. And as we said, there are still many misconceptions when it comes to the best way to treat a burn. People think, okay, this is what is working for me. They are very vocal in spreading that advice to other people. So in the case of someone getting burnt, they are very quick to issue that advice. Okay, use this or use that or do that. But the advice is very simple and it's been tried and tested which is why this is the most trusted advice uh, for us to follow because as we said the correct first aid treatment can mean the difference between the long-term outcome of that burn injury it can mean the difference between that burn being really serious and require ongoing rehabilitation and surgery as opposed to healing more naturally and not so deep you are one thousand percent correct Nadia that's fabulous to know. I learned my lesson today. <laughs> if it if it does or if it were to happen to one of my kids, I guess, you know, I'll be very switched on in that department. Those steps that we spoke about today, are they outlined on the KidSafe website? Is there a checklist also readily available? I heard that you guys even have like a, a magnet that they can stick on their fridge. Yes, yes, we have some, uh, we have some magnets. So on the website, on the KidSafe or mm. KidSafe Australia site or um, kidsafe.com.au. There's a, a checklist on there and there's some brochures on there. Um, and if you wanted to contact KidSafe New South Wales, we also have some magnets available that we can send out. So maybe even, you know, families can get together and we can send some, a bundle of these magnets out or we can send some to you as, as people come in contact with you. And yes. Just... Just a, a nice magnet, you know, on the fridge, one of the many magnets you can put on the fridge. Um, but it does show you and does remind you about the cool running water for 20 minutes. Exactly. And I think for a lot of people, when they're in that situation, they lose their train of thought and they forget in that instance. So it's really important to have that readily available so that they can check, make sure that they are complying with the correct way of first aid methodology. And that way they will have their heart at ease knowing that they are doing the right thing for their children. So I really hope that our listeners can get in contact with KidSafe New South Wales. And like we said, if you guys want to deliver some of those magnets for us and we can hand out to our listeners, that would also be great. I'll do, definitely we'll put a package together for you and send that to you. And if anybody wants to contact us, they can ring um, 02 That's fabulous. Thank you immensely for your time and insights. Christine Erskine, Executive Director of Kids Safe New South Wales. I'd like to thank you once again for your time and for providing this wealth of information and advice on how to effectively treat burns. Thank you, Nadia. That's excellent. Thank you. So there you go. Australians are being cautioned to take extra care this winter because, of course, so many of us are using gas. So many of us are using heaters and drinking hot liquids to keep warm. And unfortunately, this can result in a lot of burn injuries, especially among young children within that very inquisitive age 
which is why this month really is focused on urging parents and caregivers to be extra vigilant around hot surfaces this winter to prevent scald and contact burns, especially in children. And the thing about these types of injuries, the majority of them occur as a result of an accident that could so easily have been prevented. So I thank Christine Erskine once again and KidSafe New South Wales for working incredibly hard to get those burn prevention and first aid messages out. Of course, to help reduce those numbers, we have to work together to raise awareness of how such accidents can be prevented. So if there's anything at all that you acquired today, please do spread across that information to the people that you know. It's something, as we said, that we should not take lightly because a burn injury is an injury for life. It is one of the most painful injuries that one can sustain. The scars are physical as well as psychological and they can present lifelong challenges for the individual and their families. So the best treatment for burns is to prevent them from happening in the first place. Make sure you keep hot food and drinks out of reach of children because they are the leading cause of burns and scalds. If the unthinkable happens and your child receives burns or scalds, of course, administering first aid immediately will reduce the severity of that scald. Remember, prevention is the best cure. If you want further information on burns prevention, do visit the KidSafe website via www.kidsafe.org. And with that, we reach the end of today's show. Thank you immensely for your company. I hope to catch you again soon on another episode of Keeping Up With The Current. Keep up with the new. Keep up with the important. Keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day. Stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current.